0: Passage of Scripture uh, in the book of Philippians. And uh, we're going to read it first in the original King James, then we're going to read it again from the Amplified Version. But Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Hallelujah. Brethren, brethren, now. When he said, Brethren, he's talking to the church. This was not written to anybody outside the church. This is dealing with the church. I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Verse 14 is the verse we're going to be focusing on. Paul said, "I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus." Now I want to read those two scriptures again and I want to use the amplified version. If they will put that up on the screen, I want you to look at how this translation gives this. I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured and made it my own yet. Look at somebody and say, I ain't got there yet. (laughs) Hallelujah. That yet makes a whole lot of (laughs) difference. Hallelujah. He said, I do not consider, brother, that I have captured and made it my own yet. But one thing I do, it is my one aspiration. Forgetting what lies behind and straining. Straining. You ever you ever been just out of reach of something that maybe you've dropped or whatever and you... Doing your best to try to try to get a hold of that. Maybe it's because you like me, you're lazy, you don't want to get up, so you <laughs> whatever the cause may be, but you're straining, trying to reach. Put that in your mind because that's what Paul is saying here. He said, I'm straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us the church upward calling us upward fathers we come today we thank you and praise you for the privilege of being in your house thank you for everyone that's here we still got some that are out of town we pray for them give them safe passage back home we pray for those that are home sick and just speak to us now through your word, and we'll give you the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, let the church say, amen, amen and amen. This has already been mentioned, but I asked again uh, because, you know, these things kind of uh, weigh on my mind and my spirit with the, the other responsibilities that I have, uh, but uh, uh, remember sister darlene uh in your prayer uh she when i would call and check on her the whole time i was gone she would not let on about everything that was going on with her physically uh she didn't want to in, interfere with um uh what was going on and what i was involved in she uh, understands and knows that when i go to something like that i go to try to get a word from god and she didn't want to do nothing that would uh, get my mind off of that, so I thought she was doing better. But As soon as I got back home, I seen that she was not doing better. Carried her back to her doctor uh, on uh, Friday, and uh, the doctor said he didn't like the sound that he was hearing in her lungs, and so he called the lung specialist in, Dr. Southwell, which is a lung specialist, and got an appointment for her. I'll be taking her there tomorrow, so uh just let's just uh, just pray that god will touch her and she has been so sick uh with this stuff and it's i mean it's 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 almost a never-ending cycle i mean i thank god god healed her that sunday of the migraines when brother uh, Flannery was here and she needs a healing of this because she don't have no uh, immune uh, system at all it was totally destroyed with everything she went through in that accident And she catches everything that comes down the pike. And uh, uh, so just pray for her, because she is very sick, very weak uh, uh, today. So remember her in prayer. I want to speak today on a subject titled, Life in a Foggy World. Life in a Foggy World. Amen. Amen. Uh, anybody here ever had to drive in thick fog? You know what it's like? Uh, it's not something I prefer to do. I, uh, if uh, Sister Darlene were here, she would probably uh, shoot me because she said, you told this story too much. But uh, uh, years ago when we was on the evangelistic field and uh, and we evangelized for, I guess, the first 20 years or so, of uh, our ministry before I began to pastor, uh, and uh, we, I, w- I was working beside uh, evangelizing. I, I was working uh, uh, at that time. It was at uh, uh, at that time it was called State Stove there in Ashland City, and uh, we went up to uh, Lebanon, Indiana, for a revival. Lebanon, Indiana is a, is north. Uh, you go through uh, Indianapolis and. Going up a little ways, it's about 25, 30 miles or so, something like that, uh, north of uh, Indianapolis to preach a revival. And I had planned on uh, leaving after Sunday morning. Uh, and I, I know Brother uh, Bobby, Sister Linda remembers this name because uh, uh, Sister Dot and Brother, uh, Brother Charles mentioned it a lot because it's the same place they used to go to and sing a lot, and that was Brother Jeekin's. Uh, and uh so uh the services had went so well, Brother Jenkins taught me in to stand for Sunday night, me knowing that I had to be at work seven o'clock Monday morning, you know hey, I was a lot younger back then, <laughs> you know, and uh so uh, i uh we we stayed and we had had service uh, uh that night uh one more night of service and uh when we left, uh, that was back before the days of vans and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we had one of them old-fashioned, old, fas- old fa- somebody had a picture of this uh, on on Facebook a few days ago. Of one of them old-fashioned station wagons with kids hanging out the backs. Anybody ever remember this? I said, Yeah. We carried ours all over the country. And one of them, something just like that. Well, big old, big old uh, Ford LTD station wagon. Oh man, that thing, Lord of Mercy. You mashed the gas on you could watch you could watch the gauge go down. Uh thankful gas wasn't as high back then as it is now, but uh we left that place uh, and uh, uh sister darlene says, Well, uh you go over there and lay the seat back on on the pasture side and try to sleep some and I'll drive. I says, All right. So uh, we got on back on the highway and headed back headed back home. And uh, I, w- I went to sleep, and uh, I don't I don't know how long I was asleep. Maybe a couple hours or so, and uh, I am um, I, w- I woke up. Something woke me up. I'm a light light sleeper anyway. And just heard I heard this. It was, it was kind of rumbling roar like. And I, w- I, w- I woke up and uh, heard man that rumbling roaring in the car. And I looked I looked over there like that. And that doggone speedometer was sitting on about 90 or 92. I said, what are you doing? She says, it's foggy and I can't see. And I said, and you're driving 90 miles an (laughs) hour? And then she says, I'm following him. I looked looked ahead and there's a semi-truck and... uh, uh, he was—he was moving on. He had—he uh, had all kind of fog lights and all kind of light. Evidently, uh, uh, he didn't have no problem seeing. He passed her, and so she decided to get on, uh, get behind him, and follow him. Cause as long as she could see his lights, she was moving on. Needless to say, I didn't sleep the rest of the night. And we pulled we pulled in—we pulled in the house about five thirty. Everybody else went to bed, and I changed, put work clothes on, got ready to go to work. <laughs> so uh, I, I can understand about uh, uh, driving in the fog. I know what that is, but let me give you this um, uh, another story that's, that's a true story. As I'm talking about today, life in a foggy world. It was a fog-shattered morning on July the 4th, 1952, when a young woman by the name of Florence... Chadwick waded into the water off Catalina Island. She intended to swim the 26-mile channel from the island to the California coast. Long-distance swimming was not new to her. She had been the first woman to swim the English Channel in both directions. Now, the water was so cold it was numbing. The fog, as she got out, was so thick that she could hardly see the boats in her party. There they they were small boats on, on both sides of her that went along with her to, uh, to, uh, to help her in case of emergency or, or what have you. But the fog was so thick she could hardly see those small boats. Several times, rifle shots went off, uh, and they were doing that as they were trying to scare off the sharks that was uh, swimming around close by in the vicinity. She swam more than 15 hours. Think about that. Fifteen hours before she began to ask to be taken out of the water. Her trainer in one of the boats tried to encourage her to to swim on since they were so close to land. But when Florence looked, all she could see was the fog. She couldn't see the shoreline, so she quit only one mile from her goal. She had swam 25 miles. It was 26 miles across that part where she was at. Later on that day in an interview, she said, I'm not excusing myself, but if I could have just seen the land, I might have made it. I'm sure I could have made it. She said it wasn't the cold or fear or or, or exhaustion or the the fear of sharks that caused um, Florence to fail. It was the fact that she couldn't get her goal in sight because of the fog come on somebody hallelujah two months later after that failure Florence Chadwick walked off the same beach into the same channel and swam the distance and did it in record time because she could see the land and her destination hallelujah glory to God When she could see, amen, her goal. Amen. When she could see her destination. When she didn't allow. The fog to blur out where she was headed. She couldn't make it. Oh, hallelujah. I hope somebody will help this preacher preach this morning. Hallelujah. We are living today, amen, in a foggy world. Come on, somebody. Apostle Paul said, I pressed for the mark for the prize. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm looking, And I'm going toward that goal. Uh, Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you today. uh, Amen. I don't care what your situation is. uh, Amen. Or what you go through. uh, You are going to have to keep your eye on the prize. Uh, You're going to have to keep your eye looking ahead. Uh, You can't let the fog of this world. a thick, heavy fog that has settled in over the hearts and minds of many people. I'm talking about a spiritual fog now. I'm not talking about a literal fog. I'm talking about a spiritual fog. It's a fog of hate. Come on. It's a fog of fear. Glory. There's so much hate in this land. It's amazing. When you've got... Police officers are being shot down and uh, ambushed for no reason at all because of hate. But then, it's also a fog of fear because a lot of times, because of what's going on with the hate, it causes some officers, amen, to have a little apprehension and fear, and sometimes it will cause some of them to overreact, and they overreact because of fear. It's the truth. It's a fog. Amen, that's covering the land. A fog of hate. A fog of fear. There's a big fog of lust. A fog of ambition. Come on, somebody. And most of all, most of all, there's a fog of total disregard of the moral standards and principles that this country has been built upon. Hallelujah. All these things within our lives, and you can sit there and you can decide what it is in your life, what it is in your life that's most likely to get your mind off of Jesus. What is it in your life that you go through that becomes a fog to you Hallelujah. It might be something just as innocent of a job if you let that job interfere you and God. It's not God. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care what position you're out of the will of God when you put a job before Him. So whatever, whatever it is that I allow to become a fog in my life that abstracts my view of heaven. It's got the danger of causing me to not reach the prize. It's got the danger of causing me to stop just short of my destination. Even though I done, I done swam 25 miles. And I, 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 I'm, just, I'm just, uh, just a short piece away. But if I cannot see that destination because of the fog in my life it can become a ruin to me and it will become a ruin to you hallelujah i've already said you know if you have attempted to drive in a thick fog you know that your visibility and sight distance is greatly impaired it makes travel unsafe and hinders you from clearly seeing your destination and is that the same way in this spiritual fog which has blinded so many from seeing the truth uh, and the right road to take. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. I've drove in fog so thick, uh, trying to go somewhere, and I would, I, I would veer left when I should have veered right, get myself off uh, the course that I needed to be on. Uh, come on, you know what I'm talking about today. Uh, hallelujah, Amen. It's got the tendency, Amen. And then, uh, Amen. What? Uh, uh, it, it will hamper our sight distance. There were several times. I told you a while ago, amen, the gunshots, amen, were fired. And sometimes those shots would kind of spook Florence, amen, not expecting them. And when she found out later, she understood that there was a shark getting mighty close. She the fog was so thick she could not see. Amen, the, the shark, because of the fog. And it was good for those going with her side by side in the boats, firing the weapons. Amen, That will scare him off. Can I tell you today that sometimes the fog of life that you allow yourself to get caught up with, there's danger on your right, there's danger on your left. Hallelujah. And you can't see it because of the man-made fog you have created. And what a preacher, a man of God, or anybody else, Holy Ghost filled, fires a shot of warning. Amen, you're going to say, what in the world is that all about? Come on, Hallelujah. come on, Hallelujah, Church, we've got to have a made-up mind that no matter how much fog comes from the governmental laws that are passed which undermine the laws of God, come on now. Hallelujah. Oh, listen, we ain't seen the half yet. We ain't begin to see the half what we're going to see. There's going to be more laws come from the government. It's going to undermine the law of God. Oh, here's one thing that I was going to say. I hope that everybody in here puts at the top of your prayer last list our brothers and sisters in Russia, the Kisles, a beautiful church that we build. It's because we took $500 from our building fund when we only had $600 total in it. And God spoke and we sowed that seed. And there have been hundreds of lives. It's been changed. Many have been baptized in Jesus' name. These youth thousands. Like Ward Weekend. They, Sister Kathy, they go out to the parks and they have big events to reach the young people. And that church is packed full of young people, amen, the majority under the age of 30 years of age because of the evangelism. You see, for those of you that's newer, you don't realize. But a good part of the reason why we're sitting in the facility we are today is because of the seed we planted. But I knew when the iron curtain fell, I got up to the old church and I made this thing in the Spirit of God. I says, this thing is not going to last, but God has opened a door so the Russian people can hear the gospel. If you remember Brother Kizzle's granddaddy, spent 20 years locked up in prison just because they found him to own a Bible. Well, while I was in Hot Springs, I'd heard the news that Russian Parliament had passed a law against religious freedom in Russia. And on the 20th of this month, President Putin signed that bill into law. And it virtually squelches any kind of evangelization in Russia. They're back to the same way as what they was those 75 years that communism ruled. I shot Brother Kissel an email. I said, Brother, I heard on the news what happened. I said, Is it true? I said, What is going on with you and your people there? And in a few days, he, he said, Pastor Pruitt, he says, have your people pray for us. I don't know what we're going to do because we cannot, we cannot go. They st-, he said, they still allow us to come, he says, right now inside our building. He says, but we cannot do nothing outside the walls. We cannot go out no more and have... What, like what we would call over here block parties or uh, back-to-school batches. or not, We are not allowed to do nothing. He said, I'm not allowed to open my Bible and give nobody a verse of Scripture standing on the streets of Russia. What we do, we have to do inside our walls. He said, I don't know what it's going to lead to, so please have your fine people pray for us. There's a fog creeping in. And it's not only in Russia. We're soon to see the same thing here, brother. I know this. But we've got to have a made-up mind that no matter how much fog comes from the governmental laws that are passed, that will uh, under undermine the laws of god it doesn't matter what kind of false fall comes out of the mouth of false teachers and preachers who refuse to design and to preach what the truth is hallelujah amen it doesn't matter you're going to have to have a made-up mind it doesn't matter what kind of fog proceeds from our own carnal nature allowing us to justify amen what we used to condemn Apostolic churches are full of people today, amen, that are justifying things in their life that 20 years ago, amen, they stood against. the prize. Don't let doubt or carnal reason become a fog. Some of you God wants to bless and the reason why you haven't received your blessing yet or whatever it may be is because God can't bless you because you're trying to to figure things out, you're trying to analyze it in your mind. I was talking to Kessie one day down in the conference about that, and she she said, "I guess I'm, I guess I'm one of the world's worst." She said, "I guess it's because I'm an accountant." She says, "But I got to have everything right out in black and white before me." I, she said, "I analyze too much." You see, that's a fog, Amen. That the devil will use, Amen. That will cause us try, we get and and fogs us, and we we try to analyze things, we try to think things ought to be this way when God is trying to lead us another way. Hallelujah. I mean, we got to be careful. We got to make sure that we follow the Spirit of God, not. Not, not, the, not the devil, not the world, and not even our own spirit. Right. You know what? God told the prophets back, I believe it was in Jeremiah's time. He, he said, and, and, yeah, it was Jeremiah's time because brother, this was one of, one of Brother Hale's messages. I, many time I've read the scripture for him as he preached it. It says, Woe be unto the prophets who have followed their own spirit and have seen nothing. Hallelujah. When God wants to do something for you, don't try to think about it or analyze it or figure it out or, 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 or sometimes you don't accept it because it don't come the way you think it ought to come. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We, we can't let the fog hinder us. I've got to move I've got to move on. I, I, Lord of mercy, man, I've only got got in the in, in the opening part in the introduction. I hadn't. Let me let me talk briefly about the fog has clouded our reasoning, and I, I, I may not finish this uh, today. The fog has clouded our reasoning. Don't sit back there and think. Well, bless God, I've been baptized in Jesus' name, and I got the Holy Ghost. That don't matter, and that don't mean that your reasoning cannot be clouded. Hallelujah. Just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean my reasoning can't get clouded. I have to watch. I have to pray. That's why prayer and fasting is so important and other things. But the fog has clouded our reasoning. Isaiah 59 Verses 9 and 10. Let's read those two verses together. Therefore is judgment far from us. Neither doth justice overtake us. We wait for light, but behold obscurity. My, 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 don't that sound like somebody walking around in the fog? Come on. Hallelujah. We wait for light, but behold obscurity. For brightness. But we walk in darkness, my Lord. We grope for the wall. We're we're walking around in in, in that fog and we're reaching, groping, trying to feel something that will give us some stability, something that will will help us. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. We grope. For the wall like the blind, and we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. We are desolate. Uh, We are in desolate places as dead men. Hallelujah. Uh, Follow me. I'm going to bring this to a close right here, and I may finish it tonight or finish it next week. I'm I'm not going to finish it all. I'm fixing to close. Listen here. He said, therefore... Is judgment far from us? Now, don't, uh, don't jump to a conclusion on that right there and make, make you think it's talking about God passing judgment on you, and, uh, and, and so we doing what we're doing because uh, we ain't being judged yet. That's not what that judgment there means. And I want to explain what the Word of God says according to the original. He said, therefore is judgment far from us in this fog that we're in. listen, I sit in total amazement at the lack of good judgment in so many people's thinking today. Brother Bobby, when he says judgment is far from us, He's not talking about the day of the Lord bringing judgment, but he's talking about people not having good judgment. Exactly. Oh, God. You're so caught up in the fog. You say, well, I've been raised in this thing. That don't matter. There's a lot of people that are third and fourth and fifth generation apostolics that they're so caught up in the fog that they ain't seen the light in so long. And man, I listen to people. People giving interviews on TV. And I'm in total amazement at the lack of good judgment in so many people's thinking today. People don't have good judgment no more. We're in this day. It's as if common sense has died and been buried. We see it everywhere. From the government to the church and everybody in between. And because there's no judgment, because people don't have good judgment about them, amen, justice is becoming a thing of the past. The fog is covering everything from the White House to the church house. Sister Debbie, come to the keyboard. I told you I was going to stop in a am. Hallelujah. It's hard to imagine some of the reasonings of people today and the conclusions that some people have. Uh, I, 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 I believe in education. But forgive me. And I apologize if I offend anybody with my next statement. I believe in education, but this world is filled with educated fools. That's the truth. I love studying. I've spent all kind of hours studying it. God I mean I got into it so heavy, and that, that's probably the problem reason for lot. I remember there was a time back when I was going to, to Bible college. Finally, the Lord got a hold of me day, and, and he let me know I was opening up textbooks of theology and reading more of that than I was opening up his word, and don't nothing replace his word Amen. theology. Brother Wayne is not going to save one sinner from hell. It's not going to save one sinner. Don't mean nothing. Philosophy is not going to save nobody. Hallelujah. So, book learning might be good, but man, you're still going to come way short if you don't have any common sense. And especially so if you don't have any spiritual guidance in your life. Let's stand together right now.